Welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. I'm your aptly named host of your favorite hebdomadal podcast. Happy New Year. I'm glad you're with me. I'd be stricken with laryngeal papillomatosis if I had to say that you missed this week's show. Social Media Outlook for 2022. Charose King Matthews reveals what to look for in the new year around platform evolution and content trends in the social networks. She's an instructor in communications at Howard University. On Tony's Take Two, lots of good 2022 wishes. We're sponsored by Turn2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn-2.co. Here is Social Media Outlook for 2022. It's my pleasure to welcome for her first time, Charose King-Matthews. She is a strategic communications instructor at Howard University, where she's also pursuing her PhD in communication, culture, and media studies. She researches and writes about rest and creativity as methods of resistance and healing. Charose just left the faculty of N10 after five years. She's at Charose CK. Charose, welcome to Nonprofit Radio. Hi, it's great to be here. Pleasure. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you are. But tell, tell us a little more about your, your research and your writing on rest and creativity as methods of resistance and healing. What, what, does sure. that work, what does that work look like? What is that? <laughs> so I am, you know, starting out. So I'm, I'm going to be discovering what that work looks like. But oh, I've oh. I've always been um, very what do interested. What you think it's going to look like? I'm sorry? What do you think it's going to look like? What do you hope it's going to look so, like? Well, where, where I'm starting from is like um, I've always been interested in in creativity and art and being able to express oneself through artistic mediums and helping other people to do that as well. Um, and I think creativity is like a, a huge social driver for, for change. If we look at like music and art and fashion and the way that people are drawn into movements by the ways that we can use creativity in order to, you know, engage people and get them to think about different things. Um, but also on the other side of that, that you know, rest is so important to creativity and looking at the ways that, you know, systems of oppression have stifled communities' abilities to produce creative work by with, you know, low wages that require them to work, you know, constantly just to be able to afford a living and, you know, um, well, in my case, as a black woman, having ancestors who were brought here specifically to work and how that has, you know, our relationships with work and and, you know, it, as opposed to living in more creative and, and pleasurable life and how we can, you know, move towards everyone being able to have those more um, creative opportunities and how that can change our world for the better for everyone. Cool. All right. They're, they're interesting tensions because you writing about rest and creativity to me those are uh inapposite i mean you're 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 not you're not at your most creative when you're resting creativity right. is you know is activity stimulation and then and then mm-hmm. rest but then as methods of healing and resistance to me those are inapposite too you know uh i don't they're they're you know they're both they're both critical but I don't mm-hmm. see them as consistent. Like you, when you're healing yourself, you're not yeah. in a resistance. You're not in a resistance state. Mm-hmm. State uh, resistance to me is, you know, agitation. Yeah. And, and and advocacy. You know, but that's not that's that's inapposite to healing. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So it's like I'm thinking like the the balance of the two and how you 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 know, need one to have the other and, and that kind of thing and seeing how they are synchronous and, you know, um, just, I want people to, everyone to have, you know, be able to live healthier, um, more fulfilling lives and, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Healthy, but also productive and resistant when needed. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Like it's two different spectrums to me, rest and creativity, Healing and resistance. Interesting. All right. This, yeah. 
I'll be look. I'll look forward to your uh, dissertation. <laughs> in in how many years? How many years does this uh, program take you? Do you think? So typically about four. Um, I will be finishing up my classes this year, and then I'll be focusing just on my um, dissertation proposal, and then my dissertation. Yeah, and research. All right. Yep. Very good. Mm-hmm. Welcome. All right. It's glad to have you. Uh, so you've got some uh, savvy ideas coming coming out coming off the N ten faculty as well. So uh, Howard faculty, N ten faculty. Uh, I'm not sure which is more prestigious. Well, you know, well one is one is prestigious in lots of respects, and the other has its niche in nonprofit tech. So they're both they're both prestigious. <laughs> they're both quite prestigious in my yes, heart. I love in them. their own. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Um, not zero sum by any means. They can both be highly mm-hmm. prestigious. So mm-hmm. you've got some ideas around social media uh, trends, what you see coming for 2022. What do you see happening with our our social media platforms? Some things that I'm seeing are um, more audio only features, um, like on Twitter, on Facebook, which, you know, would be great for people who listen to podcasts. Maybe that's that fits in well. Um, And even like um, Facebook is uh, Facebook is coming to audio only a little slow. I mean, I, I've been I've been podcasting since 2010. Right. So where right. they've been? So where they've been? Where where's Facebook been? And, or the, and the radio's audio been around for a very long time. Radio's like, been around. Yeah. Audio. Right. Well, where are they so, well, they're coming late, late <laughs> to the format. Yeah, and I think so. I think that happens like with technology. Sometimes we we like jump ahead and it's like sometimes we might lose things that were good before and we have to kind of rediscover them and they they show up in a a different way in, in some ways, like we see here on, on like Twitter and, and Facebook. Also, TikTok will be um, is working on streaming. Well, it's released in, a, in some countries internationally, but it's another example of of a platform focusing more on audio only content. Um, oh, wait. So so TikTok moving away from video. Not away, but audio only also <laughs> in addition oh okay okay mm-hmm. all right so yeah in, all right so let's talk about this this uh, audio only trend then you're saying facebook twitter tiktok uh promoting audio only formats what do you see nonprofits able to do i mean how do you see leveraging that uh, well, well for, um, are they, like are they all short form like is TikTok, you know, like TikTok audio format limited to 15 seconds? So on, I know, so each of them is, is a little different. Um, I know oh. on, on Twitter, for example, you can have like, um, instead of like a live video that's going on, you can have an audio room where people are chatting. Anyone can listen in, but, you know, only certain people can chat. So you might, that might be good for like, um, if you're having a panel discussion or something like that, and and maybe video is not as important to it, um, and you can you can do it that way, especially if you are uh, you know in, working working virtually and people in different locations. Um, if video is not as important, that can be helpful. And um, also, like when now they have a, a lot of different ways that they will appear on these different platforms. Um, but I think as always, and I want to say this for, for like all the trends that we'll talk about, you know, you want to think about how it works for your organization in particular, um, because there's they're, they're popping up with different features all the time. So you have to think about how how do we best communicate with our audience? Um, so I think, you know. In short form places, you might you might share like specific snippets of your podcast if you have if your if your organization has a podcast. Maybe you would share specific snippets or maybe particular quotes or updates that you could share like with a a photo and then um, like a message that goes along with that photo, which is also I think the the benefit of that is it's a bit of a uh, lower um you don't need as much equipment or ex- or technical know-how like you would need to do in order to create a video. You know, with the video, you need to to 
you might need to do some editing or you might need to create some graphics. But if you have photos, you can use those in lots of different places and incorporate audio with them, you know, um, on certain posts to enhance the, the content. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Audio, audio only. Do you, do you envision that, that, that TikTok audio only feature will still be limited to the, to the 15 seconds? Um, I'm not, I didn't, not, I don't remember sure. reading how long it would be. Um, but okay. So, so TikTok is also moving into like, because they use a lot of music and stuff on their platform. They're also looking into TikTok streaming, like having a streaming service that is a competitor to Spotify. Um, and then you also have Spotify incorporating more social media into theirs. So you see a lot of, a lot of, um, hybrid things happening um between between some of these like audio and social media in particular right now and i would say we did see this a lot with with video i mean we had vine was huge and and you know youtube of course we still have youtube um but a lot of these things are the things that we we already use to communicate and they pop up in different ways depending on you know what features are available and how the different audiences communicate with one another um, on those different platforms. So that's interesting you, you bring up Vine. I mean, how come Vine went away but TikTok is 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 flourishing? How come why is that? I'm, yeah, I know. I'm Vine. It, yeah, right. So Vine went away and Instagram at that time started having short videos, too. So it was like Instagram kind of picked up that short video format. And then Vine, you know, wasn't needed as much because you have you have your photos and your video on Instagram then. So then we lose Vine, but we have all of Vine's features on a different platform. Yeah, the TikTok. Um, so what? <laughs> right. How come Vine couldn't make it work? Um, and I think that's something that we really want to think critically about when we're looking at these trends and the different platforms that come up, because there are a lot of politics behind it. You know, it's some it's, you know, which ones have the most money, like Instagram is owned by Facebook. So they yeah. have a lot more money and resources and Facebook is everywhere all over the globe. Um you know, in, in nearly every country, whereas, you know, something um, for as a as a, um, you know, contrast, we have TikTok, which was has been threatened to be, you know, shut down in the U.S. unless they unless they, um, you know, sold part of their company to an American owner. So we have things like that that are going on in the background that, you know, we have make um, certain apps, you know, have more ability to reach more people. So it's also it's about how we use them and whether they are service serving people's needs and, you know, that it's fun to use and all of that. But also we need to think about it's not always just um, the audience that determine which one is a successful platform. It's time for a break. Turn to communications. Your communications plan for 2022. Does it include social posts, blog posts, newsletters, your annual report, website updates, board reports, fundraising appeals, acknowledgement messages, staff communications, process documentation, training documents, onboarding? Or maybe those last couple don't fit into your communications plan. They still have to be written. Do you need help with your writing in 2022? Turn to communications. Your story is their mission. Turn hyphen to dot co. Now back to social media outlook for 2022. Does that mean that we should not be pioneers or even maybe early adopters when a, when a platform emerges, you know, that, that we not invest time in it when it, it may not, it may not survive. I mean, like, should we wait? 18 months before we <laughs> jump into a new platform? I That's a really good question because, I mean, that's what we're talking about here, trends. We want to know trends because we want to know 
how do we react to these new things? Yeah. Um, and to that, I, I would say like for if you're a smaller nonprofit and I've worked at many, you know, you don't have a lot of resources you want to. I like to think of think of the social media um, managing that as a um capsule wardrobe so i don't know if anyone's familiar with a capsule wardrobe no, um, but that's like, that. I, we have we have yeah, jargon so jail on uh, on uh, nonprofit radio so <laughs> capsule wardrobe will definitely land you in jargon jail <laughs> i don't know so, right so and so a capsule wardrobe if you think of so you can think i, I think a great example is fran fine on the nanny she has a very you know dramatic wardrobe however if you pay attention she's pretty much always wearing a black turtleneck black tights and black shoes and then she'll put like a fun jacket or a fun skirt on top of those things and and so that's um you know a way to extend a wardrobe on fewer fewer pieces and just choosing like a statement piece so the way i look at that is like um, in with your social media, you want to have good bones, good structure. You want to have you want to have some image templates that you can use. And then when there's a, you know, I just talked about images before and putting audio with them. So if you already have great images that you've worked on and put a lot of care into curating, you can then add these other things on top of them as these trends change. Um, I would also say, as far as new platforms coming up, I think it's always worth your time to at least create a, an account so that if that platform becomes more popular in the future, you've already claimed your organization's name on there um, mm-hmm. so that it's easy to find you and, you and it'll be, you know, more cohesive part of your brand. So I think that's always worth it because that doesn't take a lot of time. That's um, a great I would idea. Say, yeah. And like, and yeah. like five <laughs> minutes, you can claim your territory. And then, right, exactly. then keep it, keep it defunct for two years or something and see what, and see what Until, happens. And, right. and maybe and so never, right? It, right, exactly. And that's fine too. That's yeah. fine too, because yeah. you're, you're putting your time where you know that your audience is and, and, and you know what's going to pay off because, you know, without a lot of time and resources, we have to be very smart about um, where we're putting our focus and social media, because it's so vast when you send stuff out, it can just go out into the ether and no one, you know, <laughs> it might yeah. not get traction. So you need to be very smart about how you're using your time. Um, well, so your, I would say like core capsule. Yeah, you're right. So you have your your core images and the kinds of messages that you know that you can oh. use. Um also, this might be referred to as evergreen content, content that you can use all the time, um, you know, no matter the time of year, but it's always relevant to, to your organization. Um, I think that's a very important thing to have in, in kind of your capsule wardrobe um, of, of social media fashion, <laughs> you know? Yes, or your, your, um, your, ca- your capsule wardrobe, <laughs> your, your capsule wardrobe. Yes, I just called it your core mm-hmm. capsule. Okay, sorry. You can't, yeah. Oh no. Sorry. Um. Well, I'm. I, I want to be. You know, I want to be up. I want to be. I want to be timely. No, I'm. My my time's long past. Um. So, all right. Yes. A- absolutely. Of course. Evergreen content repurposing. You know, you want to be smart. You know, if something goes on your blog, maybe you can. Maybe you can. Pull up a, a, a ten second clip, an audio, and uh, quote it somewhere. You know, on Twitter or Facebook or or. or or TikTok when when the audio only features yeah. are, are are available, um, and then you know and then it could be part of maybe it could be part of an email, uh, maybe maybe it lives somewhere else on your website, you know maybe it could be a social media post in print instead of audio, um, right? So you want to be smart about right. repurposing, mm-hmm. okay? And right, and one um, uh, an acronym that I use for that that I've oh, heard yeah. is Cope Create Once Publish Everywhere. Okay. So yeah. like your blog post, you created it once, but then you're using all those pieces of the blog post in different places on your social media or, or your website and your blog and your emails and all of that. I love it. Create once, publish everywhere. Cope. Okay. Yep. Uh, so we got our capsule wardrobe. Uh, we have our, we have our cope. Okay. What? Um, all right. So this is interesting. This audio format. I mean, obviously as a podcaster and I, I've been a long time listener of radio. I mean, I think, Radio is just such an intimate format. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it feels close. I mean, I got my inspiration for this show from radio shows. Right. Mm-hmm. 
really interesting. You know, in in one respect, it's a it's a step back from from the video because now you're only getting really getting half the not half the content really, but half mm-hmm. the half the stimulation. I mean, there's the but but I don't consider it a step backwards. But I'm but right. Somebody somebody could say, well, no picture anymore. What well, you know? But but video is the trending. But now now it's now audio is trending. Mm-hmm. And I, I that's think why, that, that's why we need you on to make sense of this for us. <laughs> For me, I mean, I'm not going to, maybe other people may be more sad, but make sense of it for me, please. <laughs> so as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, how you said like radio can, can feel much more intimate than watching a video. And I, yeah. it kind of reminds me of like reading a book versus watching a movie, the way you described it kind of yeah. like, and sometimes, you know, using our own imagination and, and with, with, the content that we're the whether we're reading or listening using our own imagination i think also helps us build a bond in some way whereas when you have a a video it's like you don't have to use your imagination you can see what this person looks like and where they're sitting and how they're speaking and all of that kind of thing which i think takes away some of i think that's part of like our creativity that makes us, you know, interested in, in having, you know, not knowing everything right away, you know? And, and I, um, I especially think like with audio, you know, you're, you're very, you're not thinking about how you look. You're just, you're just, you're just really um, participating with the content. Interesting. That reminds me of, uh, of a host I used to listen to on, uh, on, National Public Radio, Terry Gross, she she never wanted to be in the same studio as her guests. They always remote, and and there was no camera feed. It would, she she didn't want the the visual stimulation. She wanted to focus on the conversation, and that's it. She didn't want the person in the room. She didn't want to see them wherever they were, whatever <laughs> studio they were in. She didn't want to see them from there. It was just the conversation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Of course, I'm blowing. I'm blowing it here because I I can see you right now, and we may put this on YouTube. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, well stuck people with have the choice. Stuff. That's people have the choice. So to watch or or just listen. That's and true. You can turn your screen. You can turn off your screen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You could you could go for the uh, <laughs> go for the creativity and uh, and just listen. Right. <laughs> I guess it's not so good to just watch though. That's not going to be good. Like, don't turn the sound down and try to read the lips that you're, you're missing. <laughs> you're missing too much content there. Don't, I wouldn't suggest doing it that way. All right. Um, you think TikTok is growing, too. You have a you have a prediction about TikTok and Instagram. Um, yeah. So I was reading this on, I think, um, Hootsuite that TikTok is growing will surpass Instagram um, in the number of active users. Um, and, you know, okay, that's, I mean, we we do see a lot of, a lot of the, you know, younger audiences on there, like Gen Z and stuff like that. Um, and, and I, and I was also reading about, um, well, let me say, so I, I always want to be like, it's great when companies can grow and it shows how popular they are, but I do also want to go back to, you know, what we just said about why certain platforms grow faster than others or might succeed where others don't, even though they have the same, the same <laughs> features, but, um, and so, and I, so t- with TikTok, um, and Instagram and, you know, which one is popular is important for our organization, which one's most popular is important, but we also want to look at where our, our audience is in particular. So if you know that your audience is, you know, um, this demographic, which is, you know, it's, um, boomers who live in Arizona or, or whatever demographic it is, and it doesn't, it's not, you don't see your audience on TikTok, then it, it doesn't make um, too much sense to go on there. But as we said, go back, go and claim your account, make your space. So if you if it ever as the demographics change, because that's important to remember too, demographics change over time. Um, if we just look at Facebook, for example, yeah. Facebook was only open to university students. Um, so that was a very small demographic, but then it grew and grew. So so we can see like 
these are where where the numbers are for a moment, but that changes and we can use that information to try to help make our decisions. But we should always remember that none of these are hard and fast rules. And we have to think about ourselves as the expert of our audiences and think about how social media is a tool to help us reach those people that that we know best. And your good point, you know, knowing where they are Mm -hmm. and and knowing that that may shift as well. Yep, exactly. Grandparents were not on Facebook 15 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But now it's common, well, even before the pandemic, for yeah. for grandparents to stay in touch with grandkids through Facebook. So right, and and well, a lot of my students do not use Facebook anymore. <laughs> right. Well, their their grandparents are on it. They don't want right, to be with their grand- exactly. Right, right. That's where so, you go to look at pictures of your family and stuff, but not talk right. to your friends. Right. <laughs> Facebook is a perfect study in in shifting demographics. That's an excellent. Yeah. Example. Yeah. Very interesting. The, the the pioneers were driven off by the <laughs> by the by their grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So if TikTok if TikTok surpasses Instagram, all right. So that it's just it's just something to, like to be aware of that, that mm-hmm. TikTok is growing in in audience size that way, and so right. it might be mm-hmm. might be a place for you to look, um, mm-hmm. but maybe not. And we're going to get to the maybe nots. You know, every right. <laughs> Every platform is not for everybody. Um, but again, I love your advice about, you know, claim your claim your spot, get mm-hmm. an account in your name. So nobody so nobody beats you to it. And then you have to be creative or, you know, be Tony Martinetti, too, or something, you know, because <laughs> right in there or the exactly. real Tony Martinetti, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about creating creating content, this emerging mm-hmm. short form audio. With creating content and and especially with short form, I think that's definitely, you know, a challenge for a lot of social media accounts, for a lot of our organizations, especially those that do very complex, you know, work. And we want to communicate about it. But, you know, this very brief, um, these very brief formats make it very difficult and I, I always try to emphasize with my colleagues and, and reminding myself that social media is a place to direct people to more information. So like, yes, those clips are very short, but you want to make sure you're using that to direct people where they can get more information, where it's, you know, whether it's, you know, signing up volunteers or donations or or what do you want them to do after or and always have some kind of idea of what you of um, what each of your posts are doing for you. So you don't want to, you know, just put any kind of content out there. You have 15 seconds or, or however short the, the clip is and you want to make sure that you're you're, you know, getting the most out of your time. So um, when you are like again we would go back to the capsule wardrobe making sure you have those solid foundations creating some some graphics that you can reuse um but also you know look at what your your peers um uh similar organizations are doing also what your audience is sharing even if it's not you know specific to your organization you can see what your audience is interested in and how they are spending their time um I often, you know, in my in the course that I was doing with N10, I would often talk about thinking about walking through the day in your audience, in any of your audience members' shoes and thinking about how are they spending their morning? You know, is that a good time to reach them? And, you know, what kind, what are they doing in the morning and how might, you know, your work relate to that in some way? Like if somebody, you know, spends their morning, you know, watering their garden and you are, um, you know, an environmental organization and how you can, um, kind of show that you have common interests there and relating to what they're interested in. So looking at looking at what what they are already interested in, but also looking at what some of your um, competitors and and similar organizations to yours are doing, and you know identifying not just looking at what they're doing and copying them, but looking at what they're doing, identifying what works and what doesn't, and also how you can put a spin on things for for your brand. Um, you know, there's there's a quote like good artists copy, great artists steal. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> have you heard right, that? Right. So, so we want to, so it's, it's, a, it's, you know, perfectly legitimate to look at what other companies are doing and, and try them, um, in your own way. Uh, another thing is there's nothing new under the sun. So all of these ideas are we're regenerating and, and recreating and which is creativity, you know, thinking of these things from all these different places and they come together to make new things. Um, so when you're thinking about about your content and how to make it, you know, engaging, you want to go back to the things, think less about the technology and think more about, you know, the very essence of good storytelling and, and, you know, what makes a good photo, making sure that they're good quality and all of those things can, will take you a lot farther than thinking about, um, trends and, and styles because they change so quickly. It's time for Tony's take two. Yes, you have my good wishes for 2022 for the new year. I'm, I'm always optimistic at the beginning of the new year, even when all evidence may be to the contrary. I still, I don't know. Uh, Pollyanna naivete, uh, blissful ignorance. I, I don't know, but every year I'm optimistic. So I'm optimistic about the new year and you have my good wishes for your 2022, uh, for you, your family, your work, your nonprofit, all those, all those things that are important. I hope 2022 is very good to you for all of those things in all those different ways. And that's it. My good wishes for the new year. That is Tony's take two. We've got buku buttloads more time for Social Media Outlook for 2022. All right, that was a lot. Uh, excellent. So let's start with uh, calls to action. You want, you, want, you want every piece of content to have some call to action. Learn, learn more, volunteer, donate, sign the petition. Right. Even yeah, if it's please. not a direct call to action, like, you know, sign up, even if it's, but even if you know the purpose, like, okay, we are interacting with this audience member in order to, you know, build a better um, relationship with our audience. Always make sure that, that you know why you're posting and you're not just spending time sending things out because that's, that's where you start to, you know, sink all your time into something that might not be paying off. All right. All right. Gotcha. Have a purpose. Um, and in, in short form audio, I mean, if you want folks to go somewhere, maybe to learn more, or, you know, if there is an explicit call to action, learn more at a landing page, maybe you're testing the, the, uh, the outcomes. So you have a landing page or whatever it is mm -hmm. short form audio net, you have to devote part of your 15 seconds to reading a web address. So with the, the short form audio, it's always going to be um, in a place they're going to have to be looking at something to click on it or have some kind of text with it in order to like it'll come up in their feed or something like that. So whatever description um, or, you know, sometimes you I mean, in most places you can comment even beneath yourself. So wherever you see any opportunity to put in that information um, is important um, to do that. But as far as, okay. you know, with audio as well, I think it's also sometimes I see um, and actually not this is audio and text, but sometimes I'll see like very long URLs. Um, and I, I think it's important to remember to use a URL shortener. I think um, definitely and when you're doing audio, whether, you know, short form or, or a little longer and, and you want to include a URL, make sure that you use like um, bit.ly.com or something where you can customize it to be something easy to remember. And you don't have to say HTTP XQYZ, you know, all of <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I like to go even further. I have, I bought the the vanity domain, you know, Tony.ma. So I can right. do Tony through uh, MA, I think is uh, Morocco. I'm pretty sure I bought that. I think I'm <laughs> every two years I pay the country of Morocco. I think, I'm pretty sure that's MA. Um, mm -hmm. It's not Mauritania. I think it's Morocco. I'm pretty sure it's Morocco. So yeah. So Tony.ma slash, and then I can say, you know, nonprofit mm -hmm. radio. Uh, right. 
email sign up, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So that may be worth investing in a little vanity, a vanity shortener too. But, but Bitly, of course, but even yeah, Bitly, Bitly is, is free, right? Free. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We like, yeah, I like free resources. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then you mentioned uh, peers, you know, evaluating what your peers are doing, what other, see what other nonprofits are doing. So you, you mean literally looking at their, at their feeds and, and, and uh, different platforms and see what they're talking about and how they, yep. how they talk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you should definitely be following your peer organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also a great resource for creating content, not just, you know, if you um, work together sometimes on, on a shared project, um, you can help boost each other's uh, um, visibility on social media. But you do want to be following following your peer organizations. Also, you know, as a social media manager, um, you tend to befriend the other social media managers because you know you you know what other each other are going through, and so that's a, actually a great community in um, following each other because then you can reach out to each other, help help because you're you're in it for the for the same cause. So it's like you're boosting the same content and and you know helping achieve your mission overall that both of you want to achieve. That could even lead to some deeper collaboration, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've had guests talk about the the possibility of uh, like doing Giving Tuesday. You know, combined campaigns. Mm. Um, I don't remember other examples, but uh, but you know, just shared promotion, mm-hmm. shared shared projects, right. shared promotion. All right. And uh, one of the ones that I've had the most success with, as far as partnership and shared promotion, is. Um, well, I don't see them as much anymore, but for a time there were Twitter chats were pretty popular. Right. Um, I don't see them as much as I used to, but whenever I've done them, I we would always get like tons more engagement um, with our content. That was one of our, I would put that on par Twitter chats and, and tweeting at conventions. That is when we would get the most followers, the most retweets, the most engagements generally. Um, and now I'm thinking, you know, with the Twitter um, audio rooms and stuff like that, that could be a, instead of having a, a Twitter chat where you're typing it out, maybe you have people come in and listen to your panel discussion of experts talking about whatever the theme is and um, introducing people to to your brand that way. Cool. Excellent ideas. All right. You recommended paying attention to what your audience shares. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to you want to do more of what's popular and less of what people think sucks. Right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, yeah. So, well, before I was a, a lecturer at Howard, I worked in the office of the vice president for student affairs and I was managing the social media there. Um, and the school environment is especially important to watch what your audience is saying, because we would need to watch for any problems that are coming up and stuff like that. Um, but that's the kind of thing I think you you want to look for generally and not just, you know, problems um, not doesn't have to be something dire. But, you know, what is what is your audience concerned about that your organization can help answer? And, um, you know, what are the problems that they encounter or the ways that see that they that they feel the issue that you cover, how that impacts their lives. So sometimes it might be looking at, you know, exactly what they're posting, exactly what they're saying. And sometimes it means more of a like, you know, looking at overall and kind of observing, you know, what you, um, you might even notice like challenges and things that come up that, that your audience does not. Um, but you, you can perhaps, you know, show how your work can help with these things that they may not even notice are issues, um, relating to your organization. What about the use of analytics to, uh, to evaluate what, what your, what your folks are sharing? Is that, can that be valuable there? Absolutely. You should definitely be um, keeping track of your analytics. If you, so if you don't have a dedicated person who can look at the analytics every month, you at least want to be downloading them. So you have them. Um, whenever I have started a new position as a social media manager, one of the first things I do is to go to um, all of the social media accounts and download 
as much of their um, analytical history as I possibly can. So if you're already keeping, and, and the thing is some platforms that you can't go back any farther than a couple years or a couple of months. So it's very important to get that right away. Um, even if you can't look at it consistently, because one day if you, if you do have someone who's able to dedicate time to that, they have tons of content to go on where they can look at, you know, oh, we had a huge jump in, in subscribers um, at this time. And then they can go and look at, well, you know, what was going on at that time? What did we post? What was drawing in so much engagement? And so that's why you really, um, that's why your, your analytics are so important. And it's thus about like looking through them every day or, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, every month or so. Um, because, you know, if you don't have a dedicated person for that, that takes a lot of time, but being familiar with, you know, around how many followers you have, or being able to see the trend of, you know, what is normal engagement for us so that then you can see when you do have a huge spike, you'll be easily able to identify like, oh, here's where that came from. And here's how we can duplicate that success also. Cause that's another thing you want to think about. How can we do this again? Um, how can we use it for a different campaign or, or in what other ways can we, can we um, benefit from, you know, this content that mm. we that did so well. Which are the platforms that you think have the, the better analytics? <clears throat> I definitely have opinions about that. Okay. Sure. So, <laughs> Don't hold back. Twitter, Twitter has great analytics. Um, you will find. So in, um, in a lot of, communications scholarship like peer reviewed journals and stuff when they're when they're talking about social media they will often use twitter's twitter analytics because they're the easiest to access so twitter makes it very easy to to download all of your analytics from your account and put it in an excel spreadsheet and then from there you can do whatever you want to do with it um, there are on the on the other end <laughs> i would say like for example instagram you cannot, you have to go to like each individual post and see how many, how many had, right. So you have to type them in and yeah. So, and, and that, that allows, um, face meta now meta to have, you know, uh, more control over that content. Um, the Facebook analytics, I are pretty good, but again, they are there. You kind of have to keep them within Facebook, um, so it's harder to, you know, take them out and analyze them in different ways. So any platform that's going to allow you to download them in an Excel spreadsheet is is ideal. Um, but, you know, sometimes I have had to go through it and, and I'm writing, typing them in individually from Instagram. <laughs> so and, and that could that could also, you know, be a, a factor in deciding which platforms that you spend most of your time on. Because, you know, if you if you are focusing on if you make if you want to focus a lot on your analytics, you want to and and you want to have a platform where you can easily download them and it doesn't take a lot of extra work. Um, so, you know, these are all things to think about when you're when you're deciding, you know, what works best for for how you present on social media. What's another one that's good besides Twitter? Analytics. Um, uh, anal- judging the analytics. I I mean, I do. I like Facebook, uh, the analytics that they that the way that their right. analytics are in the platform. Right. You can't export them. So um, I'm thinking. I mean, for the most, they tried their, so you can, I would also recommend, so I don't know of it. Uh, Twitter is the best ones. I don't know of any other, the other ones don't really compare to that. Okay. But Twitter okay, fair is, enough. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> but Twitter is also starting to lock down um, some of that. Like it's not quite as much um, data as you could get before. So um, but there's also, you know, platforms where like Hootsuite, for example, where you can have multiple social media platforms yeah. and see your analytics aggregated there. I do caution, though, that when you use um, you use one of those platforms, um, the numbers might be a little bit different. Like there might be like some lag time between, you know, Twitter and Twitter on Hootsuite. 
you know? So, um, and also like the labels and the way that data is, is labeled. So, you know, on one platform, um, a certain action might be called interactions, whereas on another platform, they're called engagements and yeah. how they measure each of those things and what they're called could, could be different. So it's just, you know, making sure mm-hmm. we're watching for those. Why would like a Twitter start restricting the, the robustness of the of the analytics, the way you, you just said they're 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 tightening that up. Why would they why would they offer less? Um, they want to charge for it? They want to start charging a fee to get it or, or what you know that's and you know we we don't know until they until it's public. So that is one one thing that could I'm I haven't um I'm not sure why it's more difficult to get information, but, you know, it's beneficial to companies, you know, that information is money to them. So it is beneficial to them when they, you know, have proprietary um, keeping content that, that is valuable to them. I would, um, but but they could could have it too and share it with us too. I mean, they're, they're only sharing it with users. You know, users can only get their, their little bit. The company is welcome (laughs) to aggregate the, the hundreds of millions of users, they can do whatever you want with your proprietary data, but let me have my little share. Why, why are you taking my, in, in the era of transparency, why, what are you taking my little share away for? You would think, but I don't know. All right. And, you don't have all I, the answers. I, nobody does. I know. <laughs> I know. This, these black boxes that we've all mm-hmm, signed on exactly. to in the last 20, 20 years, uh, sometimes they're more annoyance than, than, uh, than, than additive, but. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not, not, I'm not, not saying I'm, I'm opposed to social media, obviously, but <laughs> they can be very annoying, very annoying. Mm-hmm. We don't even, we could spend a whole hour talking about Facebook or a, a day about the annoyances yeah. behind Facebook and <laughs> the shift from organic to paid. It's, uh, it's just, it's, to me, that's just corporate right. greed, but all right. Mm-hmm. Let, let's talk about a lot of that is, you know, power from the users and putting it back in the hands of the company because users do have so much power and we a lot of their ideas come from the users that are using the platforms so i think it's you know wanting to control how how people use that platform and the information they can get from it yeah i mean it goes to show how powerful the platforms i know but it's exploitation i mean i'll use i'll use facebook the most egregious example at as the example, but they goaded us all in, you know, they have two and a half billion users. Now a third of the planet is, you know, they, they, they brought us in and then they, and then they shepherd, uh, you know, much less organic reach. Now you want the same organic, you want the same reach ad, pay pay for it, pay for it, pay us, pay Goldman Sachs. And, uh, and you Mm -hmm. can have that. We have your reach back that we gave you originally. And, you know, it's, it's egregious. It's it's egregious exploitation. (laughs) And I, I, I feel like social media has so much power for bringing people together. And, and so that's why I caution about like with trends and stuff, we do need to be critical about, you know, is this trend, was this trend created because it's something users wanted or because the company needs to innovate and grow, yeah. you know? So that, and that's another reason why you can wait and give yourself some time to see which trends are taking on and what makes sense for you, because you don't want to just be throwing your, your time into this machine that is just there to make money for them. You want to make sure that you're getting the best value out of that. What a beautiful segue to, uh, to a, a closing section. Let's talk about, you know, every, every platform is not for every nonprofit. You know, mm-hmm. you've, you've made the point already, you know, you can, uh, squat on your account, create your account and just, and just squat it, hold it. But, but every, you know, even the bigger platforms, we don't have to be everywhere. Exactly. So, you know, and, us, reassure us, reassure us that we don't need yeah. to be on every, every major yes, you platform. Definite, right. So there are like you, and this is something I say in my class too, like in learning about social media and there's constantly new stuff, you do not have to know everything about it. You do not have to be on every platform. Your audience is not on every platform. No single person can manage all of the social media accounts that there are, the social media platforms that there are. So I think the most important thing, you know, is to get back to that good structure and knowing who your audience is and, um, 
how to communicate with them. And then, you know, using the different quirks of those social media accounts and different features to, to tweak that. But um, as far as, you know, you might also want to think of, as we're talking about, you know, these big companies and what data they're keeping and, and control and stuff like that, that might also be an, a factor in deciding which platforms you're on. Like um, back to N10, um, N10 is no longer on Facebook because, you know, the, the, some of the business practices that Facebook has used do, um, do not, you know, does not work well with N10's mission and the ways that they operate. And, you know, those are things you have to weigh that, um, you know, if a lot of your, your, audiences on Facebook, and that's the only way to reach them, then maybe, you know, you do stay, but, you know, you have this understanding of like, um, that there are issues and we're working around them and trying to make the best of these environments, but, you know, they are businesses. And (laughs) so we need to be smart about where we're spending our time. Excellent advice. Very savvy. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Charose King Matthews, you'll find her at Charose CK. And I'm going to spell her name so you can find her. C-H-A-R-R-O-S-E, Charose King. Thank you very much. Great, great advice. Thank, Thank you. you. My pleasure. <laughs> Next week, the Log4j software vulnerability with Joshua Peske. If you missed any part of this week's show, I beseech you. Find it at TonyMartinetti.com. We're sponsored by Turn2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn-2.co. It may be a new year, but some things never change. Our creative producer is Claire Meyerhoff. The show's social media is by Susan Chavez. Mark Silverman is our web guy. And this music is by Scott Stein. Thank you for that affirmation, Scotty. Be with me next week for Nonprofit Radio big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Go out and be great. <laughs>